Okay. <coughs> We're going to move now to our, our teaching in, on the Sermon on the Mount. Again, as a reminder, it's you know, Matthew 5, 6, and 7. And this was after Jesus had done kind of a miracle tour, um, showing people his love through miracles and, and things like that. A lot of people began to follow him as, as a rabbi, as a teacher. And then he sits down with, with this crowd, a, a large crowd of people from all over, and there were Greeks and Romans and Jews and you know, all different kinds of religious backgrounds. And he sits down with them, and he begins to teach them about the kingdom of God or God's way of life. And, and that's what we're walking through. So we talked a little bit last week about almsgiving or, or doing good deeds intentionally. And this week we're going to continue on that section in Matthew chapter 6. So you might want to grab a Bible in the back if you don't have one, or you can turn to Matthew chapter 6. And, and what I want to do is talk through uh, this section. But to do that, I, I want to actually begin in Genesis chapter 1. I want to bring up a few principles um, before we talk about, you know, Jesus is going to talk about the rhythms of the day, uh, prayer and fasting and, and almsgiving or, or being generous, and it's kind of rhythmically. So I want to kind of get some things going here and, and let this marinate in your mind while we, while we talk through Matthew chapter 6. So I'm going to start reading from Genesis 1. This is the creation account, the very first page in the Bible. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, Let there be light, and there was light. God saw that the light was good, and He separated the light from the darkness, and He called the light day, and the darkness He called night. And there was evening, and there was morning, the first day. Now notice that it starts out with evening, because the first thing to happen was the sun to go down, it was evening and morning. And, and if you know anything about Jewish culture, and, and many of the cultures of, of the Middle East, the day actually begins at sundown. So there was evening and there was morning the first day. God said, let there be an expanse between the waters to separate water from water. So God made the expanse and separated the water under the expanse from the water above it. And it was so. God called the expanse sky. And there was evening and there was morning the second day. God said, let the water under the sky be gathered to one place, and let dry ground appear. And it was so. God called the dry ground land, and the gathered waters, waters he called seas. And God saw that it was good. And God said, let the land produce vegetation, seed-bearing plants and trees on the land that bear fruit with seeds in it according to their various kinds. And it was so. The land produced vegetation, plants bearing seeds according to their kinds, and trees bearing fruit with seed in it according to their kinds. God saw that it was good, and there was evening, and there was morning, the third day. God said, let there be lights in the expanse of the sky to separate the day from the night, and let them serve as signs to mark seasons and days and years. And let them be lights in the expanse of the sky to give light on the earth. And it was so. God made two great lights, the, the greater light to govern the day and the lesser light to govern the night. And he made the stars. God set them in the expanse of the sky to give light to the earth, to govern the day and the night, 
and to separate light from darkness. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening and there was morning the fourth day. And on and on the creation story goes. And from that, in Genesis, from day one, we see a kind of rhythm. And it seems to be important to Moses, as he wrote Genesis, to make mention of the fact that there was morning, there was evening, and there was morning, and there was evening, and there was morning. And we see day, and we see night, and we see seasons, and we see month and year. And from the very first page in the Bible, it's as if God the Creator saw it good for all of us to experience these kinds of rhythms, these consistencies. And all over creation, we see rhythms and consistencies, things that you can count on happening, things that are important to happen, things that if they don't happen, you got problems. For instance, boom, 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 boom. Your heart works and rests and works and rests. A rhythm throughout the day. And if that rhythm stops, you got problems. And if that rhythm gets altered, you have potential problems. The same with seasons and, and, and cycles of life. There are just these rhythms all over creation. And it seems as though God, our Creator, ordained the idea of rhythms and saw these rhythms as a good thing. Okay, let's move on to the next uh, let, that, let that soak in. Let it marinate a little bit. Um, next story. <clears throat> At the Poindexter house, we have had a very rare agricultural experiment happening. My, um, now, in Scripture, God makes a lot of comparisons between agriculture and spiritual growth. So what we learn from agriculture often will apply to spiritual growth. So my mom and dad watch uh, my boys every Thursday, and, and uh, my mom decided she was going to plant some flowers from seeds with, with my kids, but last year she did that at their condo, and it didn't go well because the rabbits, just whenever anything would sprout, they'd just come and eat it, and you know, she'd show them the sprout on Monday, and then Tuesday they would go out there to look at it, and it's gone, and that didn't go too well. That was like traumatic when little kids' bottom lips quivering. So we wanted to do the flowers again this year, but we, we needed to come up with a different solution because our house um, backs up into woods, small woods, which you have deer and you have rabbits, and those are you know notorious for being um, vandals, agricultural vandals. So my mom had a different idea. She went to um, a, a flower store, um, Gales or something like that, and she got these things that look like egg cartons, but they're little like pods for, for seeds, like to grow sproutlings or whatever you call them. I don't know. Um, is that a word, sproutling? What do you call a little, it's not a hatchling, seedling. Okay, we'll go with that. And, and um, uh, 30 of these little pods, three of these little egg cartons with 10 apiece. And there are soil and uh, some fertilizer I saw in there. And they're in the, we have a fairly large gap between our sink and our windowsill in our kitchen. So my mom filled all these with dirt with the kids and put seeds in them all. So there's just these egg cartons of dirt sitting there. And we have one responsibility as a family. Water them. Water them every day. 
So I got this little watering can. My mom brought this little watering can, kind of fun little thing, and we started to water them. Every day we watered them. And it's very boring. And nothing was happening. There's just these cartons of dirt. And finally two weeks have gone by, and it's just these cartons of dirt. But every day we watered them just enough, you know, get the, get the, then dump a bucket in, just get the soil moist, keep it moist, and let it go. Well, after two weeks, I'm just about done. I'm proud of myself that I've watered these things every day for two weeks. And nothing's happening, nothing can be seen. But I thought, you know what, the kids really want this to happen, and I know it's important to my mom, and they're nice enough to drive all the way up from Maslin, so give this, you know, another week and see what happens. And finally, after three weeks of watering every day, the rhythm every day, water, 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 they started to sprout. And it wasn't very long then until you got these, you know, these sizable seedlings. Are they seedlings after the, I don't know what point they stopped being seedlings and become a plant. But we have these, these significant agricultural green things growing in our windowsill. After three weeks of no progress visible on the surface, water, 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 growth. Okay, let that marinate. Third story. I don't normally get the chance to brag about my physical health. Um, About three months ago, I started to run with Marcus and Dave. Now, if you guys haven't noticed, Marcus and Dave, what are you guys up to, like 100 pounds combined loss? These guys are making it happen. And yeah. Now, I also know, as these guys are getting in, in serious shape, that, that I got this blood pressure thing going on. Uh, my, my blood pressure, I'm, I'm 33 years old, my blood pressure was right around 135 over 95 and my resting pulse is around 105. Now, yeah, ooh, okay. So I'm getting to the age where I realize, okay, I'm probably got to either think about doing something about that or going to the doctor and get put on medication. I'm not really ready to do that either. So they do cardio three days a week. And, and I started to join them. And it's 20 minutes a day, three days a week. Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Monday, Wednesday, Friday. 20 minutes a week. I ain't doing much more than that. They work out like every day. I'm going to do cardio 20 minutes a week. Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Rhythm, okay? Now I, I am, you know, I, I run uh, two, two miles. Uh, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 10-minute miles. So it's, it's a workout. It's not like I'm, you know, world-class athlete, but it's, it's a workout for me. Um, in about three months' time, and, and you know, those first few weeks were brutal because I just haven't done anything like that, and my body was not happy about running for 20 minutes. And there was no, you know, no noticeable difference in blood pressure or weight loss or anything like that. Okay, three months into it, and that is all I'm doing is I do Weight Watchers until lunch. Okay? <laughs> <coughs> so... <laughs> it's funny because it's true. Um, three, three months into it, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 20 minutes a week, okay? Um, weight-wise, I've lost 12 pounds. 
And, and that means that my clothes are fitting normally again. And it means that I feel a little bit better about myself. And, and it means that I'm getting a little more done because I feel a little bit better about myself. Heart-wise, um, 115 over 75 resting pulse of about 68. Um, so that's been... That, what that has done is now I'm like calm throughout the day and I get more done because I feel better throughout the day. I think I'm a little bit better husband and father because I'm a little calmer. That's I'm sure had uh, long, it's going to have long-term health effects unless I get hit by a bus, you know, this week or something like that. Um, just a lot, of, a lot of positive things from 20 minutes a day, three days a week, that rhythm, okay? Nothing inherently impressive about that. It's not like I'm, you know, a gym rat or anything like that. And then, you know, fitness-wise, um, I have way more energy. I sleep a lot better at night. I don't require as much sleep. I'm getting more done. I'm more focused. Just all these trickle-down benefits. Now, there is nothing inherently valuable about running for 20 minutes. While I'm on the treadmill, it's not like there's anything great that's happening. In fact, I hate it. It's boring. But there are all these trickle-down effects from this kind of rhythm that I've put into my life. And it branches way out over almost everything. And all of those benefits can be traced back to a 20-minute, three-day-a-week discipline. Okay. So we see rhythm in creation. There's evening, and there's morning, and there's seasons, and there's days, and there are heartbeats, and there are cycles all around us. And we see in agriculture, you water, you water, you water, you water, you water, you water, and then things begin to grow. We see in our own heart and in physical fitness. It can be 20 minutes, 20 minutes, 20 minutes, 20 minutes, and suddenly things begin to fall into place and you begin to see positive results. Nothing major in any of those, just small rhythms that end up producing real results over time. Okay, Matthew chapter 6. We'll put this one up on the screen for you. All this talk about running has me thirsty. Um, Matthew chapter 6. I'm just going to read for a while here. Be careful not to do your acts of righteousness before men to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward uh, from your Father in heaven. So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets Do not uh, to be honored by men. I tell you the truth, they receive their reward in full. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. Now that's the, that's the first uh, basic rhythm in the Jewish life. Jesus is talking about three pillars of spiritual discipline for his early crowd. Uh, giving, and then prayer, and then fasting. And giving 
was, was almsgiving. Um, there's this idea of first fruits. With actually, if you turn to uh, to First Corinthians, I'll just read it for you real quick. First Corinthians sixteen. You're going to see Paul say this in verse two. On the first day of every week. Each one of you should set aside a sum of money in keeping with his income, saving it up so that when I come, no collections will have to be made. There, there's this idea that, that began in the Old Testament talking about first fruits and continued on into the New Testament with first fruits. This idea of setting aside something of significance off the top to be given to God's work in some way. That could be to the poor and needy, it could be to the temple, it could be to the church. Whatever, there was this pattern that Jesus' early crowd would have had of setting things aside the best from the top, first fruits, to be given. So there's this, there's this rhythm that they have of, of doing good. There's this pattern that's at work in their life. <coughs> okay, he's going to move on in 6.5. And when you pray... Do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by men. I tell you the truth, they've received their reward in full. So those of you who think that you can't pray because you don't know what to say, you're probably actually right where you need to be to pray. When you pray, go into your room and close the door. Pray to your Father who sees who is unseen. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. When you pray, do not keep babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard by uh, their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. This, then, is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. The idea there is sin. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who have sinned against us. Maybe you've heard that. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their sins, your Father will not forgive you your sins. Now let me tell you how Jesus' crowd would have heard this. And when you pray, if you look at at Luke, Luke 11, you'll see that this was not the only, this was a regular teaching from Jesus. Because in Luke 11, uh, we're going to see, we're going to see Jesus say, um, When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. In other words, give us a prayer to pray. I'll tell you more about that in a minute. Jesus said, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us. And lead us not into temptation. Same basic content, okay? Jesus says, when you pray, say this. Now, this has been a humbling thing for me because I want to be a follower of Jesus. I don't want to just 
believe. I want to do what he says to do. So I follow his teaching. I do what he says. Well, right here he says, when you pray, say this. So if I'm a follower of Jesus, then that must mean that when I pray, whenever I pray, when I pray, I say this. That's not true. I don't do it. And as a church, I don't know. I mean, I assume there have been some times where we have prayed like this together. But I can't remember the last time, so maybe we're out of alignment as a church with being followers of Jesus because Jesus says, when you pray, pray like this. Now let me tell you a little more about what, what, he, uh, what he was probably telling them. Uh, the Jews prayed in rhythms. Okay, they had their personal quiet times, but they also had their times of prayer. And in the book of Acts, we see the hour of prayer. Okay, now that doesn't mean they prayed for an hour. It just means that, I mean, that's how they, that's how they said it was 3 o'clock. It was the hour of such and such. It doesn't mean they prayed for an hour. It just meant it was the hour of prayer. It meant time to pray. And so they would gather together and they would pray. Now we learn from a document called the Didache or the Didache, um, which means like the teaching. Okay, the, what, what, what this document is, is it practically could be included in Scripture. It wasn't. But this was an early account of what the first century Christians and second century Christians did. And they prayed three times a day the Lord's Prayer. So they would wake up, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not in temptation, deliver us from evil. They did that three times a day and often they would do it together. Which is why when you look at the Lord's Prayer, one of the things that, that's unique about it is that, that it's, in, it's in the plural. Our Father, give us, okay, forgive us, lead us, deliver us. Jesus likely gave them this prayer because what the Jews did was they would pray out loud together at certain times. It was a part of their spiritual discipline. It was a part of their daily rhythm. It was running or jogging for their spirit. So three times a day the early Christians would get together or by themselves they would pray this prayer out loud. It was a rhythm to their day. And it was unique to the followers of Jesus. Okay. And you move on to fasting now. When you fast, not if you fast or should you fast, when you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show men they are fasting. I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full. They want to be seen, they're seen. When you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face. Now that was just a, a way of you know, pre- being presentable. Walk around with a greasy forehead and people know you're fasting. (laughs) Shaquille O'Neal fasts every time he plays basketball. Um, Isn't he the sweatiest guy you've ever seen? Anyway. So that it will not be obvious to men that you are fasting, but only to your father who is unseen. Your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Okay. (coughs) Jews fasted two days a week, sundown to sundown. The early Christians we see in the Didache. Okay, they fasted two days a week, every, um, every Wednesday and Friday they would fast. So like Thursday before sundown, they'd eat a big meal, and they wouldn't eat again until the sun went down on Friday. Twice a week, every week, 
they fasted. That's just what the early Christians did. It was a part of this rhythm. So they had this, this rhythm. You set aside your first fruits for God's work. You pray three times a day. Simple, short prayer, three times a day. You fast two times a week. And there was this kind of rhythm that over time, like all these other things we've talked about, produced growth in their life. Now, a few spiritual growth principles, because I have to assume that you're here because you want to grow spiritually. From all the things that we've talked about today, I have just a handful of principles to, to, to throw at you. And the first is this. If you want to grow spiritually, let's take the pattern of the other things that God has created and assume that one of the best ways to grow spiritually is to do things in rhythms. Create your own spiritual rhythm so that just like a heartbeat or just like a watering or just like physical exercise, you just have these rhythms that are protected in your schedule. Things that you just do. Because you're creating an environment conducive to growth, which is all that I was doing with my little, little seedling experiment. All I'm doing is keeping the soil moist. I'm creating an environment. The seed does the work. Just creating a positive environment for spiritual growth. Now, the second and very important thing is that we need to do the right things. Because I could have decided, okay, I've got to get my blood pressure down. I need to do some disciplines. I'm going to discipline myself to eat six Attilos BLTs every day. Okay, now that would take work. That's a discipline. But I don't think that that would have been the right kind of a thing to get my blood pressure in check. What I would say we should do is learn from Jesus. And we see his advice here for rhythms. Prayer, fasting, generosity. And we could start with that as a base for creating a system of disciplines to produce growth in our life. Next principle is slow and steady versus fast and furious. Typically what happens is we get to a point where we want to grow spiritually and then we try to become Navy SEALs overnight. You know? It's like, okay, I'm going to sit down for three hours and I'm going to read the Bible. And I'm going to do a four-day fast. And, and, and it's like, you know, and then maybe we make it an hour and a half into it and we either fall asleep because we're reading Leviticus or something like that and, and we make ourselves miserable. Whereas if we create a slow and steady rhythm, we end wanting more eventually. And we're not, you know, I I could have hopped on the treadmill from day one for an hour and a half and blew out a lung, and, and then I'm worse off than before. And this is how we approach, typically, spiritual growth versus the slow and steady. Generally speaking, beware of fast and furious spiritual growth. Okay, like there are conferences that get you all hyped up and then you buy the books and the t-shirt and you're just, you know, raring to go. You feel like you've gone from here to here and then two weeks later you're here. Okay, guess what? You weren't really there. You just felt like you were there. 
Beware of fast and furious spiritual growth. Always comical to me when somebody leaves a church, goes to a different church, two weeks later they tell all the people at the other church, oh, I'm just growing. I've been there two weeks. No, you're probably not. In the same way if you came to Polaris and in the first two weeks you felt like you were just soaring, you're probably not. Okay, beware of fast. Jesus talks about uh, the parable of the sower. And in the seed that grows the fastest doesn't make it. So beware. Go for slow and steady, not fast and furious. And then one final one. Um, don't go for results-based discipline. Remember that I had to water those seeds for three weeks. Three weeks before I got anywhere. So if you're a week and a half into uh, uh, this, this discipline thing and nothing's happening, keep at it. Now here's what I would suggest, a, a starting point, okay? Try to recite the Lord's Prayer three times a day. Don't recite it. My grandma would slap me. Pray the Lord's Prayer three times a week. We'll start today. Morning, midday, and night. Three times a day. Lord's Prayer, just like Jesus said. Fast one time a month. And by fasting, I'm talking sundown to sundown, a Jewish fast. Now, if you have diabetes or on meds and you can't, don't. Seriously, just don't. Because there's nothing inherently valuable in the action itself. It's the heart. So, you know, but consider one time a month and then maybe move up to once a week. I don't know. My parents fasted once a week while I was in college because they couldn't afford to eat. No, it was, they, they, they fasted once a week when I was in college, and that was like the time of their lives where they grew the most spiritually. I don't know whether the two are related. It's an uncontrolled experiment. But um, consider fasting once a month. Um, c- consider moving to a percentage-based giving. Okay, Off the top, percentage of your income set aside for God's work. That way it's not leftovers. It's not, well, if I have any money left this month, I'll set it aside for God. That's not a discipline. Consider a percentage that you set aside for God's work off the top. And then finally, um, I would encourage you to take 10 minutes, 10 minutes of Bible reading three times a week. Read the Bible 10 minutes a session, three sessions a week to start. So those are four disciplines. Three times a week Bible reading, three times a day praying, once a month fasting, percentage-based giving. Let that rhythm get into the course of your life. Those are all very doable things. And just see in a month. Remember all those trickle-down benefits from a relatively small discipline of running? See if you're not seeing these little trickle-down benefits popping up all over your life from those very simple disciplines. Okay, I want to do two more things. I want to do Lord's Prayer and I want to do an invitation. So let's stand. And perhaps for the first time, I need you to go to the slide, if you could, up there, of of the Lord's Prayer in Matthew chapter 6. And we will start with our Father... And let's pray the Lord's Prayer together. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts 
as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil one. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Okay.